the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We are here today with Brian Kurtz from AIP Financial and the radio program Money Matters. And money's a great topic. We all love to talk about it, and I think we should. And I think it's important, especially our topic today about what to do after the death of a loved one. So we were talking in the last segment, Brian, about funeral expenses and after someone's passed how it's so emotional and you do have to have that it'd be nice to have it done ahead of time but if not within that first 24 hours you're sitting in in a funeral parlor somewhere so talk to us how that money that money trail works so to speak well pre-planning a funeral as you mentioned is is the best way to do it in my opinion Uh, you have it all planned out ahead of time you have your casket chosen you know what the service is going to be like and then your your kids or your next of kin or whoever is setting it up has no question about what you wanted because that's you know you can't read someone's mind after they're gone. But absent that, if it hasn't happened that way, life insurance is the easiest way. Funeral directors, funeral parlors are very used to dealing with life insurance companies. You might have a final expense policy, just a small one, fifteen thousand dollar death benefit, something like that. That's inexpensive and that we can do at AIP Financial. I do it a lot. Or if you have a life insurance policy that you've had for years, you know, and then your next of kin, the beneficiary of that policy, can assign a portion of it to the funeral home. And as long as the funeral home can verify that the policy is valid, obviously, and uh, and exists and has been in existence for a while, then they'll accept that as payment in many cases. Uh, I had I had uh, my niece passed away unfortunately about eight years ago. She was like twenty four, oh, and so uh, sorry. my sister in law was uh, her mom, and there was a small dispute over life insurance. But you know the funeral want, the funeral home wanted their wanted their mm-hmm. money, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what I, she asked me if I would loan it to her, so I put it on a credit card. 
about $14,000 on a credit card. And it was wonderful because then she got her life insurance. Three weeks later, she paid me back, and I got 14,000 frequent flyer miles well, And thank my goodness you could do that, though, yeah. and she's blessed. But there's people that aren't able to do that, right? And that's why this is so important. But that's a little financial tip. Even if you have the money, maybe you want to put it on a credit card if you get cash like back it. or hey. you get points or <laughs> things like that. The fact that they let you do that I think is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And why not? You get free points. I love all the gifts you can get from that. But I did not know about the life insurance final expense policy. I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah, that final is... expense is what you you see at AARP Life, which is just MetLife teaming up with AARP, the late night you know, television mm-hmm. commercials. Alex Trebek used to do them. Before that, it was Ed McMahon. You know, uh, the Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company guarantees your premium to be only, you know, whatever. Those are limited benefit. A lot of times you can't qualify for three years, things like that. If you see it on TV, keep in mind that they are paying through the nose for that television advertising. Right. And if you contact your financial <laughs> advisor, I'm very good at this, but I am by no means unique. If you have a financial advisor that you're working with, you know they will have access to it too and tell them you want you know, a final expense policy. And there are some good companies like Forrester's is one of them that uh, that don't advertise on TV that have much better rates. Right, right. But you do offer the service. You can you can help people with this as well. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It, getting back to financial advising like you said. Mm-hmm. We all have largely the same tools in our in our toolbox, right? Stocks and bonds and mutual funds and annuities and investments and I have access to the entire investment universe like most people do, right? The question is, how do you bring it to bear and what kind of service do you provide? Taking care of a family after they've lost a loved one is paramount. It, it's, it's, it's the time, as you alluded to in the first segment, where people can tend to make bad decisions, irrational decisions, not thinking straight. Sometimes the Emotional. biggest mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes the biggest service you can provide is to say, listen, don't worry about this for the next three weeks or so. Get through there. There's nothing, you know, urgent that needs to be done. We'll do it on your timeline after that. But be able to guide and walk people through. And it's it's not difficult. It's what we do for a living. Well, and, and you have – your personality is so steady and stable and calm and assuring. You know, that's what I love about you because in crisis situations, Brian's the guy you want to talk to. <laughs> Brian Kurtz is the man because, you know, a lot of people freak out. And they, their emotions are up and down, and they're all over the board. You are like this. You're like steady Eddie. Well, after and 28 years, you've, you've seen love, most situations. You know, so. There's not many things that catch you by surprise, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But that's what we're looking for. We want someone that we can you know, believe in, that we can feel confident in, that we know what we're going to get when we call. So share your phone number with our listeners really quick just while we're talking about it, please. We're right in Troy on the corner of Square Lake and John R. And uh, But I set up a toll-free number because I have a lot of snowbird clients and everything. Uh, not that it probably matters nowadays, but 866-247-6663. That's actually 866-AIP-MONEY, but you don't need to dial the Y. 866-247-6663. <laughs> okay, let's move into the... The first two weeks. So we talked about the first 24 hours. Um, Talk to us about within the first two weeks. Because you said, you know, there's a lot of emotions flowing. There's a lot of things happening in the beginning. But what needs to be done within the first two weeks? Yeah, the, the the first day, like we said, you know, look at funeral arrangements, and it's it's a whirlwind of activity. Make sure that the kids and the pets and the house and the property and things are taken care of. And then just get yourself through, through the funeral. Get your family through the funeral. 
get you know, and then take, heave a big sigh. And then within the first couple of weeks is when you want to start looking for the paperwork if you don't already know where it is. Is there an original will? Is there a revocable trust? Uh, I encourage my clients to leave an inventory, you know, keep an inventory, whether it's online or whether it's on paper uh, or, you know, in the computer somewhere. And if that has been done, then it's a lot easier. Otherwise, you know, you want to at least have an idea where the safe is, where the lockbox is. And what the codes are. So really quick, um, I actually had a client who lost their spouse and had no idea what any passwords were. None. Couldn't get in. We're locked out of everything. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll never forget my husband one day said, Wendy, I'm writing everything I know in my head down on this piece of paper and this is where I'm putting it. And I remember thinking, why are you doing that? But now I'm like, thank goodness he did, right? We need to know that information. It makes you wonder if there was something wrong with him, right? <laughs> do you have an illness you're not right, telling like, me about? Well, I, yeah, this but, was years ago, and I was like, what did you do that for? And after this just happened, I was like, oh, wait, I know where all my husband's passswords are. Well, right? exactly. I've been telling people for years, preparing for the end of life does not hasten the actual event. <laughs> exactly. We need to remember that. Exactly. Okay, so um, the documents, the trusts, investments, accounts. Trusts, wills, things like that, titles, deeds. Is there, and hopefully if you had property in more than one state or even more than one county in Michigan, you know, a lot of people have places, what we call up north, and that uh, that portion of Michigan that's known as up north, or uh, down south, Florida, Nevada, Arizona, I've got clients all over the place. If you have, here's our little plug for the attorney, if you have property in more than one state, you really want to consider a revocable trust because you will have a probate proceeding or your, your heirs will in more than one state after you're gone, and that's kind of a pain in the butt. But you want to get all those documents together and then make an appointment with – it says here on my notes, make an appointment with an attorney. The, the, the real answer, Wendy, is make an appointment with whoever you need to make an appointment with. If it's an attorney to go over the will and you have those questions, fine. If it's an advisor, you know, when my clients pass away, they basically need to talk to me. Neil Barnett is our attorney. He's been for 21 years. He's right next door to me. He's there if I need him. But if we've prepared properly, we generally don't. It's usually pretty easy. Gosh, just that feeling, just that feeling of knowing it's all completed. You make one phone call and you can take care of it, to me, is worth a, a buttload of money. <laughs> well, and we, you know, we take care of our clients no matter what they have. What mm -hmm. I mean by that is even if you didn't get it from me. You know, I'll help you with your claim forms for John Hancock Life or whatever else it may be, retitling the stock that you've had the certificates for mm -hmm. eons. And you have to take care of people. You can't just leave them hanging and say, well, you had these two with me. You're on your own for Good the rest luck. of it. Yeah, yeah. Go, on. go ahead. Yeah, no, that's not how you work. And that's what I love about you, Brian, honestly. And then notifying um, insurance companies and all of the people you have to notify of the death. Do you have to have the death certificate? Do you know? You definitely do. And I will tell you, if you have a loved one that has died, that unless you know for a fact that they had one account and they rented their property and like that, order at least 15 death certificates. Ooh, good to know. I know they cost 12 bucks a piece after the first three or whatever it is. It's worth it. You're going to need more than you think. People have, you know, four or five annuities through me. Well, each different company needs one, you know? Mm. 
and they don't share them with each other. Right. You know, right. they don't even know about each Good other. Point. Good uh, point. Investment accounts, life insurance policies, uh, title for property, things of that nature. Everybody, every place you had an account or were registered is going to need proof of that death. Okay. Social wow. Security too. Well, and speaking of Social Security, my question on that is, what is the rule when a spouse passes away? Like, does the Social Security go to the other spouse? Like, I've heard of, like, I had a I had a husband and wife, and the husband made a lot more than the wife did. And the wife was actually on a PACE program. And what happened was when the husband passed, the wife got Social Security from his passing, and then she didn't qualify for PACE anymore. Ah. So I'm curious, how well, how does that work? Do they get the, do you know, do they get the full Social Security? Well, Social Security has a has a one-time death benefit of $255, too. Oh, you have to remember, okay. hey, don't file for that, but I can answer that after the break if you'd like. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. We're here today with Brian Kurtz from AIP Financial and also the Money Matters program, which we talked about at 21 years, right? Is that what you said? It'll be 20 years on September 1st. years. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Very knowledgeable, as you can tell. And just a tad bit older, not a lot older than I am. (laughs) And clearly able to talk a lot if I've been doing it for that long. You have such a radio voice. I love it. So we were talking in the last segment about Social Security and how how my sweet little lady ended up not qualifying for this PACE program, which is for low-income people, because when her husband passed away, she received his funds. So just kind of talk to our listeners how that works, because... A lot of people are worried about what am I going to do when my spouse dies and I lose his funds, but that doesn't necessarily happen. If you have a married couple that are both drawing Social Security and one of them dies, then the surviving spouse is going to receive the higher of the two. The way Social Security phrases it is that you'll still get yours, but then you'll get the differential between yours and your deceased spouse's. It's the same thing. You're going to get – you're going to wind up – so if the husband's getting you know, 2500 a month, spouse is getting 1700 a month, husband passes away, then his spouse is going to wind up with 2500 a month from Social Security. Okay. And that's – it's shocking, but not everybody knows that. So thank you for sharing that because they are – they do panic. Like, what am I going to do if my spouse dies? I can't afford to live. And But you can. If you were doing it before, you will, should be able to by yourself. It can still be a financial blow if the household, you know, requires that much more. But that's why you look at IRA investments and, you know, why we do the whole plan ahead of time. That's why we say, need you. When's the smartest time to take Social Security? It's not always 62 I'll go as far as to say it's not even usually 62 anymore, um, but you know some people have to, so sometimes it's appropriate at 62. It's worth talking about. Depends on the situation, and that's why they come to you because you're the expert. You've had, like you said, a lot of situations happen, so you have a lot of experience, and you can talk through. You know, this was what happened when someone took it at 62. If you can wait, try to wait. You know, I totally agree with you. Anything else within the first two weeks that we need to, to kind of be thinking about or talking about? Um, our topic today, if you didn't, if you're just tuning in, is what to do after the death of a loved one. And there is a lot that goes along with that. Well, advised Social Security, we talked about one thing that a lot of people have now, Wendy, is a car lease. 
So automobile lease, you're going to want to contact whoever the leasing people are, whoever the dealership is you got it from. They can direct you. They can help. You know, when uh, when my mom and her husband, lot, neither one of them is deceased, but they both lost the ability to drive because of macular degeneration and can't see much anymore. And the dealerships were very helpful with saying, okay, we got to turn in this lease now. What do I do? And there were different protocols because of COVID at the time and all that. But that is something, that's another thing within the first two weeks, I want to say, because very soon another payment will be due. And a lot of times that payment is automatically deducted and you want to stop that as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. No, good point. And I don't think a lot of people think of that. In fact, I do have some people that are going to an assisted living that don't need their lease anymore. Is it difficult to get out of that financially that you know of? It can be. Um, it depends on the lease company and your reasoning. You know, mm. if you're going to assisted living and just don't want the car anymore, that's one thing. If you cannot drive anymore, that's another thing. Okay. And and there are programs in place for that. Good deal. Good to know. Um, what what other things are you thinking that are important? I know mortgage insurance, all the things that go along with insurance. Well, let's yeah, mortgage insurance if that if that exists, you know, then you want to notify those people of the death. But more and people look for life insurance policies, you know, and that's part of the document search and did they have a will and all that. They'll look for life insurance policies, but mortgage insurance is not a separate policy. It's a lot of times just attached to the mortgage. So you want to talk to the mortgage company and let them know and maybe the mortgage will be paid off if there is one, mm-hmm. you know, and not always, but credit card companies is another one. Uh, cancel credit cards on which the decedent was the only signer. You know, you want to notify the credit card companies. A lot of times there are automatic charges, you know, everything from from gym memberships to XM radio subscriptions to whatever, you know, that these bills are just going to keep coming if people don't know. Exactly. So you want to notify. And now uh, something new within the last 10 years, let's say, is is there a list of social media passwords? You know, your, your Snapchat, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, your, you know, things like that. A lot of times there's not a financial consideration there because you don't have to pay for those things, but should there be certain things that are, that are posted on social media or not posted, taken down, things of that. Um, I say, yeah, on on the notes that I prepared here before it says order at least five, five death certificates, I'd say 15. And the other thing is contact the post office. You want to let the post office know. You want to hold the mail for a while. Or, you know, they have a procedure, too, for when people have passed away. And they'll hold it for a certain period of time. They want a forwarding address, next of kin, things of that nature. Well, and listeners, and I'm I'm getting overwhelmed just thinking of all the stuff that has to happen. So I know you are, too. So here here's how I think we should look at this. We have two options to take. We have the option of being prepared. Or we have the option of keeping our head in the sand and not paying attention and letting your poor family have to figure it out. What's the better of the two? Let's be prepared. It's so hard to have that conversation. It's impossible, but we have to do it. And yeah, exactly. You know, I keep saying preparing for the end of life doesn't hasten the actual event. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, and these are things that I'm going through right now. And like I said, I'm not unique. Everyone goes through them. You know, uh, mom's 85. Her husband's also 85. My dad's 84, you know, and, and having dementia, we can't have the conversation with him now. So we have to have it with my stepmom. 
And, who, you know, if that woman doesn't get into heaven on the first ballot, the voting is rigged, let me tell you. But, um, That's sweet. The, you know, and but, yeah, we've had these conversations. We know uh, uh, my dad and stepmom have their funerals pre-planned, pre-paid for, all of that. Mom and her husband don't, but we know what their wishes are. And, you know, we had the conversation. We wrote it down. We put it away. Then we forget about it. But we know where it is when we need to go back to it. And that's so comforting. It's so comforting. It's not maybe it can make you jittery talking about it, facing the fact that you won't be here forever. But we all know in the back of our minds that's a certainty. And it's going to be a big comfort for your kids or your next of kin or whoever has to deal with it if you can help participate in those decisions while you're here. Well, and you use this radio program as your, you know, segue, so to speak, into the discussion. Just be like, you know, I was listening to the radio and Next Steps for Seniors was talking about end of life and all the financial things that have to take place. And, you know, mom and dad, I know you don't want to talk about this. I know your finances are private, but I feel like we should at least have a discussion because if something does happen, like you just said, your dad has dementia now. You can't have that conversation. What if, you're, what if your loved one has a stroke and this happened? I have a client who the dad had passed away, but the mom was fine. She was living alone and taking care of everything. Obviously, the kids knew in the back of their head that they should do something as far as a trust and all that, that information, get all the bank account information, but they never did. They just kept procrastinating. I'm going to use the word procrastinating. And then guess what happened? Mom had a stroke. Now mom can't even communicate. She can't talk. She can't speak. It was the saddest thing that I have seen in a long time. And guess who those kids called? Me. They're like, what do we do? And I was devastated because in my head I thought, well, I mean, yes, we can help you at this point, but there's so many things that I've been talking about for all these years that you just didn't do. Yeah, that could and have been I done. I am so sorry that you're in this situation, but you really knew. You really could have done it. I didn't say that to them, obviously. <laughs> but I'm telling you, listeners, this is not something to to procrastinate on. This is not something to um, delay in your head. Like, you have got to think through these things. This is critical information. If you want to make it easier for your family. It's important that people know, Wendy, that if you do a revocable trust, for example, to avoid probate and you name your your oldest child or whomever the successor trustee, that does not mean that you have to divulge any of your finances. You don't have to tell people. If you want to keep things private, you can keep things private. All you have to tell them is there is a document that will tell you everything here's where it is that's it, it's all in they the need safe to know or whatever yeah they don't need to know dime one what you have where it is some people share all that some people bring their kids with them to the office i encourage that i use the word kids loosely because a lot of times they're 16. my age and even older yeah <laughs> but um but uh you know the more the more the merrier right i want because I, I, I want everything i do to be transparent and if everybody knows it then that's cool but if you are a private person and you have your finances private, you can still have the conversation with your kids or as a 
child with an aging parent, you can still have the conversation with your parents and you can lead with, I don't need to know about your money. I don't need to know what you have. I just need to know where the documents are that I can get to after you're gone and what sort of wishes you might have. Exactly. And Brian, share your number one more time before we go to break. Toll free 866-247-6663. And you are listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400, Next Steps, number four seniors. You can like us on Facebook, and I know you've got a Facebook, too. I do, AIP Financial Services. All right. We will be back with you in just a few moments to talk more about what we should be thinking about. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here today with Brian Kurtz, a wealth of information. We covered a lot. And let me tell you, this topic of what to do uh, after the death of a loved one, as crazy as it sounds, we have gained so much knowledge and wisdom from you, Brian. So I appreciate you, and I thank you. Well, thanks for giving me the, the forum to do it. It's, it's a hard conversation to have. A lot of times people don't want to hear it, but this is important stuff. Yeah, and, and it's then they're not going to ask for it. We just got to deliver it, and that's what you did today, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no one's going to say, hey, what do I do after my loved one passes? So tell us, is there anything else that we should know? in regards to what we should do after someone passes. What you should do after someone passes, we need to spend a few minutes, Wendy, on IRAs, individual retirement accounts. Now, that can include IRAs, 403Bs, 401Ks, 457Bs, 401As, KEO plans. I'm talking about qualified retirement money. That is, in many cases, the largest account that there is because you worked somewhere for a long period of time, maybe you had a few different jobs, so you got several different IRAs. That's okay, too. But there are some very specific rules. There's things you need to do ahead of time that I'll give you, but there are some very specific rules as to how those things are passed down. Doing it the wrong way can cost you ungodly amounts of money in taxes. Doing it the right way is pretty easy. It's not too complex, but there's some rules you need to know. We were talking during the break. One of the most important things, if you have IRA accounts, folks, if you have 403Bs or 401Ks or any of that through your employer or you've rolled it over afterwards, make sure, please, that it has a beneficiary and not just a primary beneficiary. Because if you're married, that's easy. Yep, my spouse is my beneficiary. But you go a lot of places with your spouse, and if something happens to both of you at the same time, then we have no beneficiary. If there is no beneficiary, Wendy, then the beneficiary is considered to be the estate, quote-unquote the estate. And an estate, legally speaking, doesn't exist until it is opened up in the probate court. So you have it's a one-way ticket to probate. If you have a beneficiary, you'll avoid probate, and the funds will go directly to whoever they're supposed to go to. So you want a primary beneficiary and then a contingent beneficiary or beneficiaries. If you have three kids, don't leave it all to as a contingent beneficiary to your oldest kid, even if you have a good trusting relationship. I've heard that before. You know, well, I'll just leave it to this one because he'll he'll know to split it three ways. There are tax ramifications for doing that. It's all going to be taxable to the one child, and everything that that child has then give out, even if they do the right thing and split it the other two ways, is considered to be a gift. But all the taxes fall on the one kid. So you want to have, you know, if you've got three kids that you want to leave three ways, then have three contingent beneficiaries. You can have as many as you want. And if you are in inheriting an IRA, there's two questions you need to ask. Number one, am I married to this person? 
Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're a spouse, the rules are different, Wendy. If you're a spouse and you're inheriting an IRA, then you can take those funds, transfer them into an IRA in your own name, mm-hmm. even add them to an existing one if you already have one, or set up a new IRA in your own name, mm-hmm. and then they are treated as if they were always yours. Okay. So let me give you an example. If if someone is a, 70, a 74-year-old man, been taking distributions for a couple of years because he has to, then he passes away and his spouse is 67 Okay, then she can put those funds into an IRA, whether it's pre-existing or she sets up a new one, and she's not required to take any of that money out if she doesn't want to until she turns 72. Oh, gotcha. There's no required distributions at all. She can put it into her own name as an IRA and then just pretend it always was hers. But only a spouse can do that. If you inherit an IRA from anyone other than your spouse, and I've had people that inherit, you know, clients that have passed away with no kids, leave it to my nephews or, you know, something like that, my niece, uh, or if you inherit one from mom and dad, then the rules are different. Prior to 20, prior to January 1st of 2020, you used to be able to uh, establish a beneficiary IRA and spread those distributions out over your lifetime. There's a whole separate schedule besides the required minimum distributions, mm-hmm. um, and you could spread it out over your lifetime. It really helped, you know, defer the taxes. But you had to start taking distributions within a year of death. Okay. Now, in December of 2019, the Secure Act was passed, and that changed the rules. It did it, for inherited IRAs. The bad news is the account now has to be cleaned out within 10 years of the date of death. So you only have 10 years to spread those distributions out. The good news is you don't have to take required minimum distributions beginning right away. You don't have to take anything right away. You could wait till the last month of the 10th year exactly. and take it all out. And take it all out at once. That may not be the best thing tax-wise, but you know we can talk about that. Uh, another example, I have three clients in Florida. Mom was a good client of mine. Mom moved down to Florida in her later years to live with one of her children. She passed away. All three of her kids were equal beneficiaries. They all live in Florida. They're all you know in their 50s. And so they chose to establish beneficiary IRAs. We did that. They're not going to take any money out for the first few years because they're all within four or five years of retirement. Mm-hmm. So that's part of their retirement plan now, you right. know, mm-hmm. where in four or five years we're going to retire. And guess what? We'll clean out mom's account over a five-year period, stretching it out that way. And, and, and then uh, ours. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll, then we'll yeah, deal with our Social Security and our, you know, and that may be the difference between them taking Social Security at 62 and waiting till 67 when the check is a lot higher. Absolutely. Because they can spread moms out. So all kinds of, of neat little tricks. What you cannot do, and <laughs> I've had, I told you, in 28 years, there isn't much I haven't seen. What you can't do is take out a beneficiary IRA, take a distribution and then within 60 days, put it into a beneficiary IRA. Here's what I'm getting at. If it's your own money, you can do what's called an IRA rollover once at once per every 12 months. If you have your own money and you need it for something, down payment on a house or whatever, you can take money out of your IRA. As long as you put it back within 60 days, it's not a taxable distribution. Oh. You can do that with your own. Okay. You want to be careful because right. you know circumstances dictate Sometimes that you can't put it back, but you cannot do that with beneficiary IRAs. If you inherit money and you take, you know, I had a, I had a gentleman, I was going to say a client, but he never became a client. Uh, I had a gentleman come in one day with a check. 
he had been referred to me. And he said, yeah, my mom passed away. It was a check from Jackson National Life Insurance Company. Mom had an IRA annuity that they had split four ways between four kids. And he had a check for like $60,000. And he said, I want to put this into a beneficiary IRA, spread out the distributions. And I said, you can't do that. You've already liquidated the IRA. It has to go directly from the IRA, direct transfer to a beneficiary IRA. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. And he said, well, you know, the other advisor I talked to said you can do that with a beneficiary IRA. And I said, well, what I will do for you is I will just not tell anybody we had this conversation. <laughs> and you go, back go to do him. whatever you're going to do <laughs> and because that's illegal. But <laughs> people, don't, people don't know. Like that's a perfect example. And so that's why you're here today because now we know this information. And it, it is critical. It, it is, makes a difference. It's very critical. You don't also want – here's another thing you want to avoid while we're talking about IRAs. Don't have, unless there are specific reasons to do it, a disabled child, someone who's in prison or has debt, outstanding debts, liens, lawsuits, things like that, you generally don't want to have a trust as beneficiary or even contingent beneficiary of your IRAs or your 403Bs, your 401Ks. Okay. The reason being, Wendy, I told you, if if a non-spouse, one of your kids inherits it, they have 10 years to spread out distributions, clean it out. If an IRA goes into a trust, then it all becomes taxable at once oh, immediately. Oh, oh, oh. Even if the trust is going to spread it out, it's, it has to be taxed first, and then the trust can spread it out. Okay, so you great information. Are you kidding? Absolutely. If wow. you are going to inherit an IRA, whether you're married or whether you're not married, or talk to a financial advisor, please. You can call me, 866-247-6663. You can call. I'm not the only guy in town who knows this stuff. I'm not the only girl in town who knows this but stuff. You're good There's at a it. lot of good advisors out there. If you have one, then please contact them. But please talk to a financial advisor if you're going to inherit an IRA. Brian, I cannot thank you enough, honestly. This is excellent information. It's excellent information. And please be sure that the beneficiaries are correct on your IRA. And make sure that there's more than one of them. So many people stop at, well, just my spouse. You know, If you have kids or even if you don't, have a next of kin, have someone else, have charities. It doesn't matter. You can have whoever you want. Oh, what a great segue. Really quick. <laughs> Thank you. We have one minute left. Next Steps for Seniors Foundation is a 501c3. So anyone who doesn't have children that wants to give back, especially to our seniors, great opportunity to give back. You can call us, and you'll hear the number at the end of the program. Brian, thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your wisdom, and thank you for sharing it with our listeners today. Thank you for having me on, for introducing me to the Patriot again. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to each other again soon. We absolutely will. And don't forget to tune into his program, Money Matters. And it's each week. It's week. Go ahead, tell them the time. Saturdays and Sundays at 9 a.m. And I'm also doing a once-a-month program, second Thursday of every month from 5 to 6 p.m. drive time. And we're doing that one live. You can call in and answer, ask, ask your financial questions, and we'll take care of them. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Go and be blessed. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. The preceding program was sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.